Hi, everyone. This is Chris Adams. Uh, you're listening to Growing Beyond Podcast. Whoop, thanks for listening. Okay. I'm so excited that I have started this intro like five different times because I lose my mind with excitement trying to explain to you what it is that I want to do today. So I'm going to start by saying when I went through my yoga teacher training, one of the the most profound weekends uh, that we spent was learning the craft or art of authentic relating or circling is another word for it. And I have been talking about it a lot ever since I experienced it because it so deeply impacted me. And today I am going to talk about what circling is, what authentic relating is. And I got permission from one of the founders of this kind of movement to read chapters of his book which is mind-blowing and essential reading for literally every human person. So welcome. I'm really glad that you're listening. And I know that people talk a lot about feeling disgruntled or feeling not hopeless, but um, like their hope is waning. How are things going to change? How are we going to build a kind of world and a kind of humanity where we can see each other and accept each other and hear each other and where everybody matters and where there's healthy boundaries and um, people communicating with each other in real ways. This authentic relating is a critical first step. It's not therapy. It's not yoga. It's really not anything that you've likely experienced before, but it will change your life. And I know that sounds so dramatic, but it's true. (laughs) It will. So, um, or I think it will, let's say that. So I'm, I'm really super, super duper excited to share this with you. And I wanted to just put a plug in for my other podcast, Solving Everything, which to me, involves a practice of authentic relating. We have conversations about arts and culture and sports and philosophies and parenting and religion. And the difference between our show and other shows is that we're not experts. We don't have celebrity status. We're not looking to um, reach the top of some hierarchy in what we're doing. We're generally not selling anything. What we're doing is we're having authentic discussions, relating to each other, throwing ideas around, listening when we disagree, making each other laugh. And we disagree on a lot. And the, the hosts and I, co-hosts and I, um, aim to be present for each other and... Uh, so I want you to check it out. It's Solving Everything with Chris Adams. If you search for that on Spotify or wherever, it'll come up. So anyways, getting back to authentic relating, the book that I'm talking about that I think every single person, every single person should read is called Conflict Equals Energy, The Transformative Practice of Authentic Relating. It's by Jason Diggs and 
I am going to read the first chapter today after I just give you a quick overview of the five practices of authentic relating. Because really with just these five things in the back of your mind, you can take these into your life. You can take them with your kids. You can take them to teacher conferences. You can um, build an entirely new way of relating to people around this that I'm going to tell you it is soothing. It is comforting. It brings you into the present moment. It might bring you into some places of discomfort. But what you'll find pretty quickly is that Discomfort is not necessarily something to be afraid of in relationships and that if you allow for your own experience to come forward into your conscious mind, a lot of that inner dissonance of like trying to fight back your feelings and your thoughts and your judgments, that dissonance is what creates so much stress in relationships and the dissonance fades as you practice these um five elements. Because what happens is you become present for yourself and you see yourself and you're with yourself. And when you do that, then you find you can be with other people in a different way. And I'm going to tell you the feedback that I get from people over time as I've employed um, these kinds of relating practices to my world and to my relationships, my boundaries have gotten healthier my ability to express my needs has gotten stronger. My, the feedback that I'm getting from other people is, I just feel really seen when I'm with you. Or I just feel really heard. Or I feel like I can really be myself with you. And I try to tell them, I'm like, it ain't just me. I worked at this. This is a practice. And it's really quite simple and easy and accessible. And you can do it too. You cultivate this in your life and your relationships begin to change. And that, as we all know, changes the world. It makes the world into a place where we all feel valued. Okay, so the first practice is welcome everything. I welcome all my thoughts, emotions as they arise, giving space for each one to be fully felt and expressed. I welcome all the sensations I feel in my body, no matter how uncomfortable. I welcome all the judgments and assumptions I have about myself and others without dismissing, suppressing, or rejecting anything that arises in my, my conscious awareness. So I'm not going to go deeply into these, but... I'm quoting this from the ART International, which is Authentic Relating Training International. This is a free document. If you sign up for their email, it, they'll send you the PDF. And I highly, again, highly encourage you to do it. I'll, I'll shut up about it, about like that, you please put this in your world. I'll stop now. But the First one, welcoming all thoughts, emotions, and giving space for each one to be fully felt and expressed. What that means is expressed within you, expressed within yourself. It doesn't necessarily mean you need to express every single thing that you feel, like including road rage and including frustration at your toddler. And you, it's, it is an expression of your own experience, your felt experience, welcoming it and allowing yourself to be really 
fully seen and fully embodied in your own experience. The second practice is assume nothing. And there's a quote here from Abraham Lincoln. I don't like that man. I must get to know him better, which is, which is beautiful because we're always basically making assumptions about people based on their face expressions or their body language or um, their tone of voice. Just as a quick example, if your partner comes home and is snippy with you and you think that it has to do with uh, the discussion you had last night about wanting to go back to school and clearly they're mad about you wanting to go back to school and why are they always mad about you wanting to better yourself? And turns out, could be maybe they just skipped lunch and they're hungry and they're hangry and uh, your assumption based on their tone or their face expression or their body language, whether they say something or don't say something, that assumption belongs to you. It's not something um, that you necessarily have to take ownership of in terms of in you can't own someone else's felt experience. And the only way you're going to know where they're coming from and what's going on with them is if you ask them, if you talk to them. And so welcome everything is principle number one. Assume nothing. That's practice number two. The third one is reveal your experience. So... This is a quote from the free PDF. Do you want to be seen, known, loved, and accepted for who you really are? Well, so many of us walk around with a deep wish to be seen, known, heard, welcomed, loved, and accepted for who we genuinely are. We so rarely have such an experience, and it's because we're not revealing ourselves to others, making it impossible to ever really be seen and known. So the practice of authentic relating will teach you how to reveal yourself in ways that um, feel safe to you, but are also not impinging on anyone else's boundaries. So things like what I'm really feeling and thinking is, or what's really happening for me right now is, or if I'm being really honest right now, I feel this. I see this, I think this, and some of this you get, there's a little bit of crossover into couples therapy and owning your own experience. Um, this just takes it to a whole nother level. So then the, that leads right into the fourth practice. So sharing who you are, basically the language they use for that is revealing your experience and then owning your experience. And owning your experience moves you from disempowerment to empowerment. And it asks you and shows you how you can reclaim all the ways that you assert your opinions, your perspectives, and your assumptions. So um, the differences in perception that people have, you guys remember that story about the elephant and the blind mice and how one blind mouse is feeling the tail and he's like, this is a rope. I know what this is. And someone else, the other 
blind mouse is feeling one of the legs of the elephant. He's like, this isn't a rope. This is a tree. And then another blind mouse is feeling one of the ears. And he's like, you guys are wrong. It's not a rope. It's not a tree. What this is is a giant leaf. What the heck are you guys talking about? So it's that's basically us walking around the world, each having our own experiences, but not really putting everything all together. Every experience of reality is different. And we can never really, really get someone else's um, experience of reality 100%, but we can aim to get closer and closer and closer and closer. And just as our perceptions are different, um, owning your experience is what is going to actually bring you closer to other people because when you are um, revealing your experience to yourself, owning your experience within yourself, noticing where your triggers are, noticing where your judgments are, noticing where you're projecting stuff onto other people, that will grant you more authenticity when you do relate to other people. You'll be able to see what's yours, what's not. What are you projecting? What are you not? And that is just such intense emotional freedom that, um, like I said, we all should be doing this. So the fifth practice is honor self and other. Uh, Treat others as you would like to be treated. That's the golden rule. The platinum rule is treat others as they would like to be treated. So you honor yourself, but you honor other people as well. And we should basically have a general sense of how to do this just in being kind. But going beyond honoring yourself, which is knowing your own boundaries, listening to your authentic experience, identifying your needs and desires, um, expressing them in a way where you feel ownership over your own experience, you're unattached to the outcome. Honoring other people, one of the primary words to remember is curious. Be curious. So that it's a question. You're not assuming. You're not judging. You're curious. Why do you have that face expression? I'm curious I'm feeling worried that it has something to do with our discussion last night. Tell me more. I'm curious. So that is how you learn about boundaries, values. It's how um, you notice your assumptions about others. Honoring other people involves listening, giving them space to share their authentic reality. So... The book dives deep into this. That was just kind of an overview. I'm really thrilled because I am going to do every single chapter of this book because I got permission from the author to do so. I encourage you all to buy this book. It is, again, called Conflict Equals Energy. And uh, begin to use these practices in your daily life. Okay, so here we go. Conflict Equals Energy. Part one, authentic relating, theory and practice. An overconnected world. 
We are living through a loneliness epidemic, one whose size and scope could never have been predicted before the telecommunications revolution. Genuine conversation and learning to build nourishing, lasting connections are more important than ever. This is partly because of the ubiquitous presence of technology, device, and screen addiction, and partly because our value systems are changing so rapidly. Meanwhile, relating to each other remains the most foundational aspect of society, and AR, authentic relating, aims to cultivate intelligent and clear education for our emotional and social lives. Of course, feeling lonely is part of the human experience. If we are to embrace the full range of our emotions, then we must accept that loneliness is just one of many flavors that makes life rich. Feeling consistent loneliness and a chronic lack of emotional nourishment, however, can degrade our quality of life. Taken to its extremes, social starvation can cause depression and other negative psychological and physical health challenges. Just like a baby needs touch and eye contact to develop, adults need social and emotional connections to thrive. Neurobiology shows us these are genuine physical needs. A 2018 study showed that three in four Americans feel lonely consistently. In the UK, research identified 9 million citizens suffering from loneliness to the point of severe mental and physical health issues, so much so that the country appointed its first ever Minister for Loneliness. Another study from the Harvard School of Human Development took a 75-year-long look at the elements that lead to a fulfilling human life. This is the longest study on the topic ever conducted by Western scholars and shows a direct and strong correlation between the quality of one's relationships and fulfillment at the end of one's life. What we are learning from the science is a common-sense conclusion. Put simply, long-term well-being and other qualities of a thriving life depend in large part on the quality of our closest relationships. This adds up to a very strange picture the populations of the most developed countries in the world, with more access to each other than ever before in human history, are the most depressed. To grapple with this phenomenon, we must understand that personal-level mental health challenges live within a much larger societal-level context. When we examine the population of the world today in light of globalization, the picture becomes clearer Fifty years ago, the human population of planet Earth was 3.6 billion. Today, we're at nearly 7.8 billion. That's over double the number of people drawing on the same amount of resources. And that number is only increasing. We are surviving with the same amount of precious metals and clean water and the same amount of physical land and space in this biosphere. And while our technologies and population have grown... Has our capacity for sharing and caring also grown proportionately? Human society has evolved in so many complex ways, but have most of us even truly learned those earliest childhood lessons about sharing, cooperating, and being kind and fair to each other? Human technology is both a blessing and a curse. Despite being more connected than ever, the populations of many wealthy countries are struggling to feel connected. As we will see, this is vital for creating the sort of thriving communities that empower the emotional and mental health of the individuals within them. What we need more than the latest smartphone model are reliable skills to regulate our own nervous systems, 
so that we can bring more energy and emotional resources to our work and to those close to us. Feeling connected and a sense of belonging to the tribe sets us up for thriving and fulfillment as individuals and as a society. Why authentic relating? Authentic relating provides us a detailed emotional curriculum that can be practiced between members of any community or group, from couples and friends to companies or parties in conflict or mediation. The curriculum in this book includes practices for advanced listening, honing our intuition, and creating acceptance of our full selves. We will also explore how to cultivate dignity and humility, a key to living an authentic life. These tools can help us grow our fundamental relationship skills with surprising speed, ultimately benefiting our personal, social, and professional lives. But it doesn't end with us as individuals. The work of opening our hearts and cultivating emotional intelligence benefits the planet and humanity as a whole. We must learn to navigate conflict and tension with dignity and humility in this rapidly changing world so that we can survive and thrive as a species. Authentic relating plays a significant role in this survival by offering a sustainable way for individuals to improve mental health. In coming decades, as we grapple with complex factors in a globalized society, AR may also come to play a vital role in social health, an emerging field of research into factors that help communities thrive. The authentic relating skill set has been developed over many years by many different teachers. These teachers are from varied backgrounds, but have in common the desire to understand human development. We have run countless circles, thousands of games nights, and the hundreds of immersive multi-day workshops. When we as leaders compare notes, one thing becomes clear. Empathy and emotional resilience are learnable skills. Through these practices, people around the world have experienced a beautiful range of changes. Recovering from social anxiety, developing more confidence, learning how to better handle their emotions in tense situations, expanding creativity, transforming work, friend, and family cultures, and becoming more collaborative with others. Of course, these results take dedicated practice, but authentic relating can work remarkably quickly. Most importantly, these skills can also form the basis for humans to work together to devise solutions to the most pressing problems we face as a species. With education in these vital areas for many, just imagine the benefits this could have on a global scale. How to use this book. The intended audience for this book is broad, ranging from those brand new to authentic relating or personal development work to experienced AR practitioners. We'll begin with the simplest foundational teachings and gradually progress to more nuanced concepts and immediately applicable skills. In part one, we explore the theory and practice of AR and what living and communicating authentically with those around us can look like. In part two, we'll discuss the pedagogy of AR and the most potent tools for creating emotional intelligence within individuals and cultivating social health. Finally, part three looks at how to transform conflict and tension into abundant and productive energy. Dispersed throughout the book, you will also notice a collection of power tools which aim to synthesize pieces of AR wisdom 
into tools that can translate easily into your everyday life. All right, folks. So this concludes the beginning of your journey into authentic relating. I am telling you, it will change your experience of life and relationships. I can't make a guarantee, you know, money back guarantee, but every single person that I know that has experienced it is floored by it. Wow. What is that? What are you doing there? I feel seen. Uh, And not just within the realm of other people, but being seen and known to yourself is profound, is profound. So showing up for yourself essentially in a new way. So that's all for today. I'm going to post I might even do more than one a week if I can, if I have time to get them out. So look for chapter one, polarity, coming soon. Love, love, love to you, you, you.